This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. No, know. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Now you first. Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet. Social media, dating, and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A couple weeks ago, I got an email from one of you, actually, which I encourage and appreciate, about doing a segment, doing an episode on a predator I've caught named Ryan Hogan. 
And right away, I thought that was a great idea. If you don't remember Ryan Hogan, I would understand. I'll never forget him. Ryan Hogan was one of the 17 predators to surface during our very first investigation. The very first investigation we did at Dateline NBC, we didn't even call it to catch a predator yet. It was a two-part segment on Dateline, which we called Dangerous Web. And the working title was Computer Predator, CP. And this all started several weeks before the shoot. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a reporter in Detroit named Kevin Dietz. Lifelong family friend. Friends with his siblings. And he was telling me about an online watchdog group called Perverted Justice, and I had not heard of them before. So this would have been in very early 2004. And at the time, Perverted Justice was just online. Their decoys would pose as children in various chat rooms, and if an adult had a sexually charged conversation and made a date to meet, they would post that person's identity on their website, the Perverted Justice website. And they had done a few things here and there with local news. And after Kevin Dietz told me about them, we reached out. And I thought, wow, if we could use Perverted Justice decoys in chat rooms and combine that with our ability to wire a house with hidden cameras and microphones, It could be very, very compelling. I had been at NBC 11 years at the time, thereabouts, and we had done some pretty impressive investigative work using hidden cameras. Airline security. We had gone undercover in Cambodia to expose sex tourism. Americans and Western Europeans going there to have sex with children as young as five and six years old. We had done a lot of things, child slave labor in India. But this was something that was going to take Dateline, me, and the whole crew, and perverted justice to a different level. This was ground zero in my effort, in my team's effort, to expose child sex predators, to infiltrate the commission of a felony in a way it had never been infiltrated or exposed before. Now, we had no way of knowing that the predator investigations were going to become such a part of pop culture, the fabric of social media, turn into a podcast. We didn't even know what podcasts were. I don't think there were such a thing in 2004. There were blogs, radio shows. I wondered as I was driving out to the location, which was in Bethpage, Long Island, if anybody would show up, if I had just wasted tens of thousands of dollars of the network's money, and we'd be standing there for two and a half days looking at each other. Lynn Keller a producer at Dateline, a very dear friend of mine, was assigned to the 
project. Ron Knight, who worked at NBC doing security for many shows, including Saturday Night Live, was assigned to be our security man. DJ Johnson was our associate producer. And they went out and rented this home in Bethpage, Long Island. It belonged to a retired NYPD lieutenant, I believe. Perverted Justice came into town, Dell and Frag. Ronnie, as I mentioned, was there. And we went to the house. Now, Dell and Frag and other members of Perverted Justice had been in the chat rooms for days before we started. And my fear of nobody showing up turned out to be obviously unjustified because as I was headed to the sting house, Lynn Keller called me and said, where the hell are you? We've got two guys about ready to show up in, in 45 minutes. And I got there and the first guy came in and my heart was in my throat as I approached him, got through the conversation. He left. Now remember the first investigation, law enforcement was not involved in the sting. The second guy came in, the third guy. By the time the third guy got there, I had the transcripts all mixed up. They were on a dining room table. We're just trying to keep up with the activity. And so I walked out to approach the guy and I had the wrong transcripts. He goes, no, that's not me. Went back with a second set of transcripts. No, that's not me. Finally, on the third try, I had the right transcripts and we started the interrogation. Along the way, someone surfaced who absolutely shocked us for a lot of different reasons. Not only was the chat with a decoy posing as a 14-year-old girl sexually explicit, graphic, inappropriate, illegal. This man at one point turned on his webcam, exposed himself, and masturbated in front of somebody he thought was a 14-year-old girl. Now, he would say later it was a mix-up. That was for someone else, but we know better. And what did this man do for a living? Ryan Hogan was a 24-year-old New York City firefighter. Worked in Brooklyn. He was wearing a New York City Fire Department shirt as he was masturbating in front of somebody online who he thought was a 14-year-old girl. It was shocking. And we'll get to that in just a moment here. When the chat started between Perverted Justice and Ryan Hogan, nobody wanted to believe that somebody in this position of authority, somebody who worked at an engine company in Brooklyn, somebody who worked with the men and women of FDNY, people who died three years earlier in 9-11, people who were heroes rescuing the folks trapped in the Twin Towers. Nobody wanted to believe that somebody associated with those great people, New York's bravest, could do something like this Now, let me read to you a quote from one of the perverted justice volunteers, because it's powerful. None of us in the room on Monday, the 8th of February, 
was expecting what transpired when Ryan IM'd me, Ryan Hogan, the firefighter, the predator firefighter. At several points on Monday night, we kept hoping he would disengage and leave me alone, but it was not to be. Ryan admits to driving by the bust house on Wednesday morning, but he was scared off. I'll get to why he was scared off in a minute. He parked next door. He was on his way back to molest me when he got into an accident. And due to time constraints, we had to abandon the bust house. That's right. Ryan, after this sexually charged conversation, actually made the trip to the sting house. Left, had plans to come back, was on his way by all accounts, and had a fender bender. Got caught up. And I have no doubt that ultimately he would have showed, and I would have confronted him, had we been able to stay in the house another day. Now, remember, this was our very first sting. So, you know, we were sort of trying to figure this out as we went along. We only had the house for two and a half days. Oh, I came face to face with Ryan, all right. Right outside the firehouse. And we'll get to that in a moment, too. Let's take a look at this chat. Ryan goes by the handle Ryan4686, that number related to his physician as a firefighter. The girl is cute Ashley for you, 1990. Good evening. I'm from Long Island also. There's a regional chat room. Cool, K-E-W-L, where? I'm in Bethpage, she says. Massapequa. Cool. Love your pick. Very attractive, says Ryan. Now, the pick that was used by perverted justice could have easily passed for a 12-year-old girl. Thanks, I'm on the right, in pink. Very cute. How old? 14, you? 24, says Firefighter Ryan. A bit older, he says. That's cool, says Ashley. Not exactly sure you're looking for the same thing I am. Well, this should be the moment, Ryan, when you, as a 24-year-old man... You, as a New York City firefighter, you, someone who's been through training, who is sworn to save people in New York, should have walked away. Shut down the computer. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
LOL, well, what you looking for, says cute Ashley. Good-looking girl to have fun with. What are you looking for? Fun, she says, LOL. What kind, though? Any kind. What kind you thinking, silly? LOL. Sex, says Ryan. Cool. LOL, you got a pick? On profile, he says. Damn, you're hot, says this girl. Thanks. You're welcome. What are you doing tonight? Nothing bored you? Hoping to get some. LOL. Yeah, you're going to get some, all right. That's cool. You're hot. Can you bring condoms? I don't want to get preggers. Now, this is just minutes in the conversation. I understand that, he says. What do you like? Um, I like it on top. What do you like? Doggy, says Ryan. Do you like oral? He's hooked now. Yeah, LOL. I love it, he says. Love going down on a woman. I never had that, she says. I have just gone down them. You're missing out then, he says. You need a guy to go down on you. LOL, yeah. He's talking to a 14-year-old. Spit or swallow, Ryan wants to know. LOL, I done both. What do you like? I like to swallow, LOL. Now, it is sexually suggestive, this conversation on both sides. But remember, Ryan made the first contact. Ryan raised the specter of sex. Ryan acknowledges that he's talking to a 14-year-old girl. Very nice, he says. Ever think about anal? LOL, I haven't done it. Does it hurt? At first. But then I think you would like it. He thinks a 14-year-old girl would like anal sex. LOLK. Do you happen to have any more pics, he wonders? Yeah. I have to email them. Ryan gives his email address. In it, he uses the number 237, which is for his engine company 237 in Brooklyn. So when do you want to hook up, he asks. At this point, everyone in the Stinghouse is pretty disappointed. I mean, you would think there would be a thought of, oh, wow, we're going to catch a firefighter. This is going to make news. But it was really more of a sense of, God, would a firefighter really do this? Now, again, the vast majority of firefighters not just in New York City, but everywhere, would not do this. Honorable men and women sworn to uphold the safety of their various cities and counties. This is an aberration, no question. Whatever, my mom is gone till Thursday. So you're home alone? Yippers, mind if I call? I have to call you. Mom forwards the phone to her cell when she's gone. Great excuse. He gives the girl his number. Can't I get in trouble just talking to you, LOL? Yeah, you sure can. Then he seems, for a moment, to grow a conscience. Actually, you're too young. Sorry. Okay. So it's over. As tempting as it is, it's wrong. Sorry. You're hot, she says. Thanks. So are you. But I'm 10 years older. That's cool. I like older guys, especially when they're hot, LOL. I'm sure, but I'm too old for you. It's wrong and illegal. That's right. Walk away, Ryan. Walk away. If you had walked away, we wouldn't be having this podcast episode right now. But guess what? 
he doesn't. Although we did at first think Ryan was sincere, and so the decoy stopped talking to him, focusing on other potential predators. But five minutes later, here's Ryan again. Where would we go? I mean, where would we meet? And you want to fuck each other's brains out? That was a quick turn. No, this is wrong. It's illegal. I can't do it. And you want to fuck each other's brains out. Five minutes later. Where in Bethpage do you live? She gives the address. So you got to come over, she asks, if you would like. Yeah, that would rock, she says. Well, I have to go buy condoms, LOL. That's cool. Haven't worn them in a while, he says. If I don't have to buy them, I can get there sooner. So now he's trying to get out of even buying condoms. Like, it's not, like it's not bad enough he's going to rape a child. He's trying to look for a way where he doesn't have to use a condom. And then he says it's going to be a while because he has to pick up dinner for the fam first. His family won't be there until after nine. And right after he talks about getting food for his family, which we presume were his parents and maybe siblings, he asks, if I pull out, will you swallow? Yeah, LOL. So like what time, she asks. Like 9.15, okay. So what do you want to do when I get there? Do tell, he says, LOL. I thought we were having sex, silly, says Ashley. Of course, but what do you want me to do to you? Now he wants details. It's not enough he's going to come over and do this. He wants her to get into the nitty-gritty. Are you a moaner or a screamer, he wants to know. Um, probably more a moaner, LOL. Is that cool? Yeah. So, he's still asking for the pictures that she was supposed to send earlier. Finally, they go through so he can see him. He says, you look like a tiny girl. Like 5, 4, 110, she says, don't want to hurt you. LOL, I'm serious. I'm like 8 inches. Ah, oh, shit, he says. Definitely not going to be able to make it tonight, sorry. Whoa, that's a big transition. Why? Have to go to a wake tonight for a city fireman that died the other day. So he's upset that he's got to go do his duty and can't come over and rape a child. We'll have to plan for another time. He says he's working the next morning. And he's working a firefighter shift, so it goes overnight into the next morning. Again, we think we might be never hearing from Ryan again, but he messages again. We think maybe he had finished with the wake and he was going to come over, but the decoy ignores him because we had other people who were chatting, who we thought would show up. And then he pops up again. Still want to get your brains fucked out? Ashley, guess you're not interested anymore. Now, all this happens on a Monday. Tuesday, he pops up again. What's up? Nothing bored. What's up with you? Nothing, just working. Shouldn't you be in school? Now, at this point, Ryan is chatting while he's at the firehouse. He's using a city computer to chat with someone he thinks is a 14-year-old girl. And now he's talking about 
a new plan to come over and visit. Maybe I could stop by in the morning on my way home from work and pound you. Yeah. Like what time? Where do you work? I work in the city. Probably a little after nine. Gonna get dressed all cute for me? He asks. LOL, yeah. What did you have in mind? I thought you were going to pound me, LOL. I am. Why do you ask? Sounds fun, she says. You've been pounded before, haven't you? LOL, yes. You'll have fun, he says. Too bad you're not on the pill. I will be there around 9.30. I'll come over and we can fuck each other's brains out. Gonna let me play with your ass? Gonna let me pound it? Where do you want me to come? He goes on and on and on. Remember, she's 14, but that's what he thinks. He affirms over and over again that she's down for sex. There's a picture of the girl online with another girl. She says it's a friend of hers. I'll pound both of you, says Ryan, LOL. I don't know if she would or not, says the decoy. I would do it if you wanted. So now he's talking about raping two children. Lick your pussy and ass. Let you suck me. What a Romeo. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. So this is where things get interesting. After a little more discussion, him telling this girl he believes is 14 that he's met other women online. He doesn't say it's anybody underage, but says he's had sex with them. He decides to head over. And this is where things get very interesting. There was another who never made it in the door, although he came awfully close. He's a man in a position of trust. 24-year-old Ryan Hogan, screen name Ryan4686, a New York City firefighter. Want to call me? He wants to talk. After spending hours engaged in an obscene chat, sometimes from the firehouse, he makes a plan to come over to have sex with our 14-year-old. He drives by the house, and we're pretty sure we saw him. And he calls, talks to Dell, and he backs out. But as he drives by the house, he phones. He's having second thoughts and cancels, telling our decoy she's too young. He went back to saying there was a moral and illegal and everything else. Moral and legal and everything else. But we don't think that was the real reason. He gets back online once he gets to his house and says he saw a marked police car near the house. And he was so hyper vigilant, so paranoid about what he was doing that he thought in his mind it was a sting. Now, we did see this police car parked a few doors down in a parking lot. It was there, we got video of it. It had nothing to do with our sting operation, but it was there. You would think at this point, getting cold feet at least twice, telling the decoy what he was going to do is wrong, morally, legally, that he would be done. But no, what does he do? This is the part I was telling you before. He gets online, knowing the girl is watching, exposes himself, and masturbates. 
and we're all standing around the computer monitor as he does this. And if you listen carefully, you can hear my reaction at the time. He gets comfortable again, turns on his webcam, exposes himself, and masturbates, all while wearing his New York City firefighter sweatshirt. Yeah, it's obscene. It's obscene. Obscene, yes, it was. And to top it off, you can see as he's masturbating, he's wearing a New York City firefighter sweatshirt. <laughs> Once again, he says he's going to come by the house. And this is where we believe he got into some sort of a fender bender accident. He had to get his car fixed afterwards or get a tire replaced. There were a couple different stories. But he never did show up at our sting house in Bethpage. We figured out exactly which engine house he worked at in Brooklyn. And we figured out what shift he was working. And uh, a week or so after the sting, along with a crew, I went to that firehouse and waited and waited. And then firefighter Ryan Hogan got off his shift and came walking across the street to get into his vehicle. I was waiting. So we go looking for him. Hey, Ryan. Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. And we're doing a story about uh, adults in chat rooms on the internet. Now, Ryan is not happy to see me. This was the first Predator investigation. Nothing had aired yet. So he only knew me in all likelihood, even though I had been on national television for, you know, 11 years. He only knew who I was based upon what I said to him. I mean, maybe he had seen a Dateline story. Maybe he had seen our 9-11 coverage. I don't know. What I do know is that at first, when I approached him, he lied to me. Said he thought the girl was 19. Sorry, Ryan. But I engaged him. I had transcripts in my hands. And he did stop and talk to me. And he did admit that what he did was wrong. The reality is this. You had a conversation with somebody who said they were 14 years old. It was a very explicit sexual conversation. You got in your car and you drove by the house where she said she was home alone with no parents. Right. That's all true, right? Yes. But did I stop? No. Did I make the right? Did I... In the end, make a, the right decision as what not to do? Yes, I did. You said that you had every intent of showing up at this house, except that you saw a marked police car parked next door. I honestly, I had driven, before I saw the marked police car, I made the decision not to stop. I really did. Now, wait a minute. What he said there, in case you couldn't hear clearly, is I honestly drove by the house before I saw the police car, but I made the conscious decision not to stop. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Lion, Ryan, 69. This is before he gets back online to masturbate in front of a girl he thinks is 14. And so I ask him about him masturbating on the webcam. 
And then afterwards, you turned on the webcam and transmitted this picture. That was not that was not supposed to be transmitted of yourself exposing yourself. That was not transmitted. Now, just so you have a clear picture of what I'm doing, I'm actually holding a picture in my hand, a screen grab of Ryan, his penis exposed masturbating and I'm showing him this as he stands behind his SUV after loading his gear in it after his shift as a firefighter so I'm putting it right in his face and now he's got to try to even 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 explain his way out of it what's his excuse oh that wasn't meant for the girl it was meant for somebody else Mm, not buying it for the record I was talking to another person at the time I did not intend for her to see that you didn't intend for her to see this. no sir i did not somebody else was viewing the, viewing that at the time the problem with that story ryan is that even before you expose yourself and masturbate you ask the girl and we have the chat log can you see me setting up what he's about to do and then after he exposes himself he asks the girl did you like it? Is this appropriate behavior for no, a New York City firefighter? No, sir, it is not. For any adult to for have any, this kind of any, conversation with somebody who says no. they're a 14-year-old girl home No, alone. sir, it is not. Then what are you doing, Ryan? Um, I made a mistake at the time. I made the judgment call to correct that mistake. So he admits just about everything. And I have one more question for him. Is there anything else you want to say about this? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, people got to use their heads. People should know better. Um, I'm, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. You sure did, Ryan. More of our story in a moment. Now, at this point, Ryan's probably thinking that, okay, this is going to be embarrassing. It's going to be on TV. But I didn't show up. I'm probably going to be okay legally. That wasn't the case. Ryan was charged federally with using the internet to solicit a minor and transmitting sexually obscene material to a minor. And it appeared at first he was going to try to fight these charges and his parents were supportive. But about a year later, in May 2005... Ryan pleaded guilty. He didn't have to go to prison, but he did have to register as a sex offender for life. And he did have to go on probation for five years. He had to get therapy, counseling. The judge, the federal judge in the case, Lois Bloom, saw Ryan Hogan in her courtroom wearing a t-shirt referencing FDNY's 9-11 heroics, never forget type stuff. The judge called Hogan a disgrace to the department. He was dismissed. As far as we can tell, Ryan has not reoffended and has not gotten into any other trouble with the law since this incident. 
He reportedly got married in 2018 and works as an expediter. Now, here's a guy who could have gone on to have a storied career in one of the premier fire departments in the world. Could have gone on to become a hero, gotten a great pension, lived his life amongst the brother and sisterhood of the FDNY, New York's bravest. But because he couldn't resist his urges to have sex with a child, even though he begged off on two or three occasions, Ryan's entire life changed course. And while I was unable to reach Ryan, and I would really like to talk to him, he's 44 now. I'm sure he regrets his actions that day and always will. As you know, I like to hear from you. This week's question comes from Jack, all the way from Australia. G'day, Chris. Jack from Australia here. Love your work all the way from To Catch a Predator when they showed it here on TV many, many years ago. My question to you is, we've all been in our jobs, our trades for many, many years, and we're always learning from our mistakes or how to improve what it is that we do. My question to you is, what have you learned from, I guess, mistakes that you've done to help better the interviews? Meaning, did you learn not to come out too early when the predator comes in or not to say their name to freak them out? What's something that you've implemented from your mistakes to better your interviews going forward? Thank you. Good day to you, Jack. Always wanted to say that. That's an excellent question because I've learned so much over the nearly 20 years of doing this particular series. And I guess the key things are to let the moments play out in spite of the fact that another potential predator might be on their way. Don't rush through the interview. Don't give away too much up front. Let them talk. In many cases, the predator wants to talk, wants to explain away what they've done. And and I tell my son this, who's a reporter, the best interviewers are the best listeners. I didn't invent that. Comes from Mike Wallace decades ago. For those of you who don't know, he was on 60 Minutes. But the best interviewers are the best listeners. And so in spite of all that's going on when I confront one of these guys, watching his hands, making sure he's not going for a weapon, looking at his face, trying to read him, the best thing you can do is not come out guns blazing. The best thing you can do is say, you know, explain what was going on. Well, she wanted me to come over. Hmm, let's try again. And then little by little, start picking away at the story. And by being patient, and by being genuinely curious, and I am, to find out what made this man decide on this night to come to this home to have sex with this girl... I want to know. I want to know what the hell they were thinking about. What drives this obsession, this compulsion, this addiction? I really want to know. 
And I think sometimes, after lying their ass off, they actually tell me the truth. But more often than not, they try to deflect, blame the victim, in this case, the decoy, and try to lessen the load, the legal liability. But every once in a while, they do come clean. And Jack, in those instances where they do, it's because I've been patient and let the interview go on. And I think that's the biggest lesson. And try not to be anxious. You know, I remember, you know, going back to Ryan Hogan, this episode and that very first investigation, you know, I was just trying to formulate a sentence the first couple of times these guys came in. I mean, I had been around the world. I had done some tough reporting. But this was face to face. This was going inside the commission of a crime. And we were figuring it out as we went along and quite literally working without a net. Thank you, Jack. And thank you for following all my work all the way over in Australia. I've got to get there sometime. Thank you again for joining me as I explore the minds of the predators I've caught. You can always find me on social media, Twitter, at Chris Hansen, Instagram, official Chris Hansen, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen. And I should also tell you, and I mentioned this in our last episode, I am back from another sting. This particular one took place in Marquette County, Michigan, all the way up in the Upper Peninsula, a place that is so stunningly beautiful, a place where you can mountain bike for hours, swim in the pristine waters of Lake Superior, catch fish as long as your arm without really trying, really enjoying the beauty of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And yet, even there, in three days, we caught seven men trying to have sex with a child. Those episodes out now on my streaming crime network, True Blue. T-R-U-B-L-U. Watch TrueBlue.com for details. As always, you can reach me here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.